0: This week, we're diving into a series that reaches far back in time to ancient Egypt. Gaze in awe as a mighty Egyptian pharaoh duels against evil as old as the stars in the body of a big-haired tween. You know it, we love it. (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh!
1: Everybody, I'm Pax. I'm Hal. And this is brotakus the show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe that you don't have to get a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, strange art form, and we are lucky to have you on this journey with us. Shout out to everybody who's been leaving those five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. You all are looking very good today. I love your top. I love your energy. I love, I love I love the look you're bringing here. Uh, our guest today is the resident lore lord, the lord of the hyper popular Yu-Gi-Oh YouTube channel, Team APS. Check out his work along with the rest of Team APS on YouTube for skits, reviews, reaction videos, and deck techs. He can be found on Twitter at Alex J Fields. Welcome to the show, Alex.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Now, Alex, we are so happy to have you. Um, I have been absolutely obsessed with what's been going on uh, with Team APS. After I um, saw one of your members do an interview with Tularean Community College, and it has been one of the great joys of my life to get to see like your creative work that your whole team is bringing in the field of Yu-Gi-Oh. Something that I had been so detached from ever since I, I you know, fell in love with the anime and game as a kid. I, I guess. Uh, Starting right off, though, broadly about anime manga, what's your experience with it? Any favorite shows, things that you like watching, reading?
2: Well, let's see. I got started with Yu-Gi-Oh! at the very beginning. I was one of the few people that was advertised to before the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime even premiered in America. So, my first experience with Yu-Gi-Oh! was definitely the anime, but I quickly got into both the card game and the manga as well, as soon as I could, really. My favorite thing about it is probably the anime. The anime is what got me hooked, and a lot of other people.
1: Absolutely, I think that um, that is so interesting that you managed to hit on it before. How did you find out about it? Was this Shonen Jump?
2: I uh, actually, it was Toys R Us. Toys oh, R Us yeah. I pulled a classic Yu Gi Oh move, a Yu Gi Oh move, and they sent me a videotape in the mail and the videotape no. was what? full of advertising material. It had the music to duel by soundtrack on it. telling oh, about the show and the crew
0: And Maximilian Pegasus challenging you to a duel via
2: VHS. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough, he was in it.
1: Oh, oh my, my God. God. That is so cool, Alex. Wow, um, okay. Yeah, I I was hooked after that point.
0: Yeah, I, I think anyone would be after that. That feels like a
1: summoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, like, you're called to it. So like, since this has been such a lifelong passion, can you give us a little bit of the background behind uh, Team APS, who are you, where'd you meet, what'd you do, the inspiration for making all of these fantastic uh, videos?
2: Well, let's see, so Team APS started alone. It was just Paul at his home, and he was, was simply got into YouTube and started making Yu-Gi-Oh! based content and that was its inception. It was called Team APS because of a card in the game called Jinzo. Um, you might remember Jinzo from the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, but Jinzo's original name was Android Psycho Shocker, APS. So that's where our name Whoa. comes from. It's such a cool name. Yeah. Now, the rest of us got into Team APS way later. And for me, it was while I was in college. I happened to be assigned Paul as my roommate. And after my own past of playing Yu-Gi-Oh, I quickly started to pick up that Paul played Yu-Gi-Oh as well. And it started with one video, and then it became a second video, and then they just kind of snowballed from there.
0: So so when Paul moved in, when you two moved in together, were you guys like unpacking? And then like you were opening your suitcase, reached in and you both pulled out a duelist glove at the same time, and you locked eyes across the room and you were like,
1: uh it's time, time to, to duel. duel. Or did you like bump into each other in the hallway, both Drop carrying the, the binders <laughs> of the cards? Like, oh, 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 oh. And then your hands touch for just one moment. The spark. spark. And like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, it's time to
2: duel. Maybe it was a little similar. I just happened to notice he had a deck of cards next to his TV one time we were talking. And we were not very close at first. We were very standoffish. We didn't know what to make of each other. But things started to melt between us when we realized we had similar interests. Mm -hmm. And it basically started with Smash Brothers and Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: Two great unifiers. Yeah. Hal is very good at Smash. I I don't know how to use shields, (laughs) I'm very bad at that. So, I mean, that said, I think that the audience might have a brief idea of, like, what we might be talking about today, but, Hal, do you want to bring us in? Absolutely.
0: So, this week, we're diving into a series that reaches far back in time to ancient Egypt. Gaze in awe as a mighty Egyptian pharaoh duels against evil as old as the stars in the body of a big-haired tween. You know it. We love it.
1: Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> okay. Oh, we are diving into Yu-Gi-Oh today. I didn't remember Yu-Gi screaming Yu-Gi-Oh every time that he went into the forum. but like, did he? Was that always what happened?
2: Um, not every time, but in the very beginning, it happens pretty often. But but what blew my mind about
0: that was like. So, so I got to watch up to, so like the Duelist, the Duelist Island, like Yugi had just beaten Mako Tsunami. Uh, that was the last episode I got to watch in the first season. And he transforms into Yami Yugi multiple times between the first episode and then. And only one time does someone react like, what the hell was that? What did you just do? And it was Saito Kaiba in the first episode where, where Yugi turns to a full adult <laughs> after yelling Yugi out! And then... Sato's like, what? (laughs) What? What? What happened? Well, never mind. Let's just duel, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that, like, it's so... Um, it's so lucky for Yugi that it seems like every other major duelist is like an A grade freakish psychopath. Right. And that, like And that like I'm sure after like Weevil sees it as Weevil's like, oh, Okay, everybody, well, welcome to the duel and I summon my it's it like Yugi going, yu gi oh! Weevil's just like, I see nothing abnormal with that type of behavior <laughs> while playing your card game. <laughs> like it's like, Oh I love this so much. So there's so much abnormal about this, but I think to have the audience understand because we're not just talking about, you know, like slinging slinging cardboard here. We're doing a deep dive into how did Yu-Gi-Oh get started because I think that that especially if we're talking about like now adults watching Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> context is needed yeah. because like this the show I think it does a great job of setting up like its characters, but I don't think it does a great job of setting up what the fuck is happening. Um Ugh. so let's talk about the publication history of Yu-Gi-Oh! and Alex, I'm definitely gonna um Rely on you a lot for for some clarification here. So please, I can try. Yeah, so talking, <laughs> you can try. I know you're the master at this, man. So, um, the publication history of Yu-Gi-Oh! starts in 1996. Originally was um written and illustrated by uh, Kazuki Takahashi in uh, Weekly Shonen Jump, and kind of the motivation behind this, because we've talked power systems on BroTakus before, is what happens if I create a battle anime. Without the battle, or where battle means something different. And so his kind of inspiration here was going over thinking, you know, what else can I do here to incorporate these elements without it necessarily being like a Fist of the North Star slugfest? And he came upon the idea of games. And Yu-Gi-Oh! literally translates to King of Games, right? Yes, it does. Yes, and, which is even better that he yells that out, like, King of Games!
0: Which is, <laughs> which, which is should be an, of an omen to all of his opponents. If suddenly your yeah. opponent says King of Games at the top of his lungs before he changes into a full-grown
1: adult, yeah. you should know that probably you might be in for an
0: ass-whooping.
2: You might want to run. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. And actually, I want to say I almost wish that they just translated that directly because I think that's like badass pro wrestler behavior. It's like the second before you start playing, um, what, what Yu Gi Oh! Bridge calls a children's card game, <laughs> going just like <gasps> King of Games, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> before diving in, like that is like BDE behavior, <laughs> that is like bringing strength. Um, so Let's talk a little bit about the the introduction of um, what Yugi, y- Yu-Gi-Oh used to be. So Yu-Gi-Oh followed the tale of young Yu-Gi-Moto, who's uh, a timid little boy, he loves all sorts of games, but he's also bullied around, which coincidentally is the same backstory as all of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one. Big hair. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, so how does he get the Millennium Puzzle uh, again, Alex?
2: Well, the Millennium Puzzle was something that was brought home by his grandfather from one of his archaeological digs once, they don't really explain why he'd bring that home, a cursed (laughs) object. (laughs) He gave it to his grandson, (laughs) And why did he give it to Yugi, I don't know, there's no good reason why Yugi got his hands on that. Just, just, hey Yugi, I went to an old cursed
0: pyramid and I found this ominous looking puzzle, you should play with it, have fun.
1: Yeah, it's not like it's not like you could be a one man archaeology team just digging shit up. It's like there are like laws yeah, there. Like, there has they to be just- sanctioned.
2: Yeah, that should be in a and museum, it wasn't even, first of all.
0: Yeah, it means it wasn't reported. It means that he just pocketed this ancient artifact and was like, "Ah, oh, my grandson would like this. I... Yeah,
1: it'd be it'd be the same thing as if you were, like, on a dig today and being like, oh, yes, King Touch testicles. This would be a perfect gift for my sweet, sweet Jessica, my beloved granddaughter. And someone's like, um, we're going to need those. And he's like, need what? I don't see it. It's in your pocket. Oh, what? No, goodbye. Like, oh. So the object is cursed and he solves the puzzle,
2: which it's not like a super duper complicated puzzle, is it, Alex? Like it, Somehow it was incredibly complex in that a normal person couldn't put it together. It took a certain mental state for someone to actually solve that rather simple looking puzzle.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, like a cursed Rubik's Cube. So after he solves it, his uh, body is taken over he has a he gets hit with the the cursed object with the spirit of yami yami is that right his, his name is well,
2: isn't that his yeah, name, his name okay. is Atem. Yeah. yeah but they don't know that for a long time even he doesn't know it
1: yeah there's a lot of feeling of just like you know let's build the story as we go he's here, just I think. the pharaoh yeah but so what what is what is Atem's personality like like how does he kind of behave in the original series
2: he's a very mysterious person and very, and kind of single-minded. Since mm. he only really shows up to help Yugi win games, he's really focused on victory, on dominating the opponent, but also he's tempered by Yugi's kindness. So even though he's a different person, his Yugi's bonds with his friends still come through even when he's in control, which is very confusing. He mm. doesn't know those people really, but he treats them like he's known them forever, and They don't even notice Yugi's different I don't know. Well that's
0: that's another thing that I was wondering about, and maybe we'll touch on that later in the episode, but like none like Taya, Joey, Tristan, none of them like it's kinda like how the gang treats Scooby Doo, this great Dane that can speak (laughs) in complete sentences. (laughs) It just (laughs) just is. Like, yes, sometimes Yugi yells and then like ages twenty years, which is fine. It's just we love him. We love him anyway. (laughs)
1: Yami Scooby doo <laughs> like it's time to do, 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 do. <laughs> like, welcome to the shadow realm <laughs> like jesus christ that's brilliant um and uh it's especially dark and i think w- w- one of the reasons why it's like extra dissonant and weird that they don't notice is that like um alex made a great point of talking about how like yugi's internal kindness kind of tempers like the pharaoh's personality because initially he's just like a like pro gambler who is also I think it'd be fair to say a serial killer right yeah
2: like especially yeah. in the manga yeah In there he like, did some things
1: cuz he'll like run across someone it's like his his it's like his uh female friend Teya will be like on the subway, and like some guy will come up and be like, Hey, looking good there, sugar plum. You need a little su- sweetness over there. And then Yami will be like, I will not let this stand. I challenge you to a game. And he'll say, It's game time. And so, um, they'll it, it did not involve dual monsters at all at first. It was different games of chance, whether it's uh, cards or board games or, or or dice. And he would engage in these games of like really high stakes. And whenever he won, which he always (laughs) would, he would say, the door to darkness has opened. (laughs) And my memory is, because I haven't read it super recently, he took their fucking whole soul,
2: right? Oh, actually, it wasn't so sinister all the time. Actually, it was always something bad. He'd do what were called penalty games. That was his stipulation for playing. If you lost to him, you'd have to play a penalty game and it was going to punish you for whatever the thing you did that that chapter was one time he he had there was one bully named Ushio who was obsessed with money and he had stopped Joey and Tristan who were differently named characters in the manga from bullying Yugi but was forcing Yugi to pay him for it so he challenged Ushio defeats Ushio, and to punish him, he makes him see illusions of money everywhere.
0: For, for like, ever? Or...
2: Who knows? Oh, no! Oh,
0: so So, that might actually be darker? I don't know, just because, because it was saying, when I read up on it, it was like the truest version, like, your true fears, the things that truly keep you up at night. Um... And, like, being exposed to that while you are living and just completely destroying your quality of life, I don't know if that's worse than just being a dementor and sucking your soul out of your face. I'm not sure.
2: I think it opens you up to learning from what you did. But if you don't, I don't think it really ends. I guess, like an Old
1: Testament Yahweh kind of approach. Yeah. So, (laughs) So, but people did die, Alex, right?
2: Yeah, there were, like when the stakes were high enough and people were going to be killed yugi he took him out (laughs) i mean kaiba was trying to kill him for a while Kaiba was trying to kill him yes in the manga there was a whole arc where kaiba was designing death traps to get back at yugi for beating him in their very first game oh my god i can't
0: believe that Seto
1: kaiba became the riddler that's the
0: riddler (laughs)
1: That's
2: amazing Thank
1: god and i'm thinking that like with these penalty games yugi is very much like maybe he was the inspiration for jigsaw from the saw series
2: very <laughs> so reminiscent like
1: I yeah like there's something there yeah yeah oh, oh gosh. man I, gosh that's a sketch that, okay that's a sketch it's okay alex you can have work that out for the for the halloween <laughs> special it's okay we'll, we'll take light royalties but we're all we're all good this um, actually might happen <laughs> okay sounds good I'll take a I'll take a assigned Celtic guardian the strongest card in the game uh, <laughs> of episode 700 yeah God the power levels in this game are, are very interesting with um, especially when they introduce dual monsters so actually on that subject I think we can probably push forward to dual monsters itself like the creation yeah. of dual monsters so it's it starts off the show with all these kind of more um, traditional games of luck and chance which you could see a lot of that uh those things reflected in modern shows like uh, kaiji ultimate survivor or liar game where their combat kind of is games of like mental trick- trickery or cheating um i know in *Jojo's stardust crusaders there's a ton of like uh, battles like that as well but um then we come across the creation of Duel Monsters, which is a game that uh, followed very quickly on the heels of Magic: The Gathering, which was the first trading card game. And actually, yes. l- let me let me check and see when Magic: The Gathering was made 1993 and so just three years later as it was kind of like sweeping the globe um it was a game called magic the gathering made by wizards of the coast and so very uh originally and totally not at all influenced uh with uh, magic from wizards the creation of dual monsters was originally called magic and wizards (laughs) was the game Mm. in the in the um manga and anime before it was called dual monsters but so um alex give us kind of a a lowdown on like what is dual monsters the the influences like how it came to be in in the manga like how the show became a dual
2: monster show in the manga it almost happens rather abruptly because while they were playing almost any game at first things changed when the million millionaire billionaire American Maximilian Pegasus got into the story <laughs> because he ran this big company industrial illusions which I'm pretty sure the name was changed in the manga probably not that and he decides to capture Yugi and his grandpa in a videotape like we see in the anime mm-hmm. and challenging him to this game and then the story just flips. That's what it's about now. They are now playing Duel Monsters. And it never stops being about that.
0: So so was there like a, a, a huge increase in viewership after that episode, do you think, that, that really inspired mm. that change? Was it something, do you think it was like a monetary response? Or do you think it was something that was just like, well, this sounds like a good idea
2: now. It's actually very possible this is about money. Yu-Gi-Oh! has had a very long trend of separating its manga and anime storylines so that they can be very totally different things. That was the earliest time when a Yu-Gi-Oh! manga became more like the anime. I do believe that by about the time the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime premiered and started to bring in the big bucks is when the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist series started and they shifted to Duel Monsters, the card game.
1: Mm. Cool. Gotcha, gotcha, because you can still see there were two distinct anime series of Yu-Gi-Oh! And so coming out in, I want to say like 96 or 98, was the original series which was based on kind of just like game of the week. Yu-Gi challenges you, does a penalty game, you either get something really elaborate or you die. And they they changed a lot in the English translation of the original to kind of make it more like i'm sending you to the timeout realm where your soul will forever be just chilling and like um the
2: stakes are high but not that high which which yeah don't worry because it's
1: it it's just death but not that's this isn't technically murder (laughs) (laughs) um so when Duel Monsters is introduced, what what are, like, the mechanics, I guess, of the game? So, what, Alex, from your memory, like, what's the earliest inception of Duel Monsters as a game? Or Magic and Wizards as a game?
2: Ooh, hmm. I actually don't remember exactly. It's been so long since since I've read it back then.
1: That's totally, that is totally understandable. I think especially because it just changes so much like yes, it, it
2: just flips so you just get you just get used to it after that
1: yeah so let's see um uh, i know that it's it's introduced to something that's uh hey like hey everybody let's play magic and wizards um it was popular in america and <laughs> joey's like hey guys hey this cool american game is here it's later changed to duel monsters um but i i know that Kaiba pretty immediately comes in and like that that very much is faithful. I am f- remembering that he challenges someone to a shadow game when he plays it, but I think that the the kind of core here is why is it difficult to remember? And I think that it's because Yu-Gi-Oh conditions you to not uh, have any set of rules in your mind. <laughs> I think that's kind of fair to say so yeah, like it does
0: which is so interesting Because in the in the show like they act as though Well, this was a rule the entire time and just because you didn't know doesn't mean that we aren't gonna play by those rules So
1: yeah. here we go. It's so
2: like real life Duke. can right. Yes. Oh
1: Yes So so we're gonna give a kind of like deep dive into the the first episode, but so in kind of like the earliest incarnation, for, for people who maybe like never even seen Yu-Gi-Oh, because we have a lot of like first or zeroth time anime viewers in here, like give us the pitch. What it, What is the Yu-Gi-Oh card game like at its core, I guess? Or at least especially early on before they introduced like uh, Pendulum, Fusion, Flippy to extra bonus deck stuff, which we did not know about without Team APS, so thank you so much Team APS for updating us. But like You're what's welcome. kind of the core? Like...
2: Well, it's a very simple game at its core. It's a game of you summon these powerful creatures from your hand to a field. You attack your opponent until their life points become zero. And that's that was the simplest way to put it. You would play magic cards, which became spell cards after some business with Wizards of the Coast was worked with. Mm-hmm. And those cards would maybe destroy someone's monster, they power up a monster, depower a monster, and it's all about the battles. Mm. Just who had the higher attack points.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it early Yu-Gi-Oh! was especially interesting because of how the... The, the numbers and the the strategy work I think um, so each car has card has a star it's like one through a thousand stars the 10 the, or 12 up to 12 stars, yeah 12 so what are the what do the stars entail
2: so stars are basically thought of as levels mm-hmm. and they denote how your monster cards can be summoned anything with four or less stars can be summoned from your hand without what's called a tribute. But you can only do this type of summon once per turn normally. Any monster with five or six stars needs a tribute to be summoned and it needs one tribute. So you have to tribute one other monster first before you can summon that monster. Right. So typically that would require you to have a monster on your field already from the previous turn to tribute. Anything with seven or more stars requires two tributes okay and that's how the levels work
0: so like if i wanted to summon red eyes black dragon with like seven stars (laughs) i'd have to tribute one celtic guardian and one winged guardian of the fortress right yes oh sweet thanks yukes except that's not how they did it in the show oh yeah they just kind of made it up
1: that's a really good that's a really good joey man um so Yu-Gi-Oh was very successful even though it had its growing pains like any other TCG. It really did kind of disrupt the market because Wizards of the Coast kind of saw the success of that, and they tried to make a show called Duel Masters uh, in Japan, which started yes. out as a Magic the Gathering manga, where they just played magic, and it wasn't hitting, and so they made their own thing just then called Duel Masters instead of Duel Monsters, and so I it was totally... similarities.
2: I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I knew yes, it was yeah, up there. Yes, I know it's... I didn't it's, realize that it was that close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so like it's like
1: oh it's like oh yeah you're going to do you know magic and wizards well then we're dual masters <laughs> and so like it's a total go fuck yourself to to make it and so now the kind of like two big coexisting games in Japan are uh Yu-Gi-Oh and Duel Masters cuz Duel Masters is not published anywhere but Japan now but it's a really beloved game there still yeah,
2: nice and me. so I like Duel Masters.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the cards look absolutely gorgeous for sure. Um So with with dual monsters, (laughs) with the dual (laughs) monsters haven't been introduced. uh, Let's talk about um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual Monsters, the 2000 anime that most people are familiar with and think of as synonymous with Yu-Gi-Oh. This is what Yu-Gi-Oh is. So let's talk about the introductory episode, which is one of the most iconic episodes in anime. I'm gonna say ever. So, we ready to do a deep dive? All right. Hell yeah. back we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! episode one heart of the cards we enter on y- yugi shmoogie high school where there's a bunch of kids playing cards at a table and joey and yugi are playing cards and how does that go uh, f- our resident joey He's like,
0: all oh, right, I uh, I play uh, Battle Ox in attack position. And, he's, and Yugi's just like, oh, Joey, that's a really cute move. I take all your life and, points. And, and Battle Ox has like 400 <laughs> attacks. Right, seven, it's like something ridiculous that he defense. puts down. And Joey's just like, ah, Yugi, why'd you have to do that to me? I'm humiliated. And Tristan's like, hey, Joey, that
1: you're really bad. And like, that's it, that's the beginning. But then Yugi comes in and he goes, uh, it's okay, Joey. I'm sorry. I just have better cards than you. Your cards just <laughs> Are suck. bad. Yeah. Your cards are just bad. And um, the the dub, I think, for me, is actually really good. I, I really like how distinct all the characters are. Um, and I think that back in this day before simuldubbing, when everybody had more time to breathe and like really understand the characters, they got to have a lot more fun mm-hmm. with it. And so um so. yeah. So <sighs> we we move forward in the episode. Uh immediately it's clear that something weird is happening because everybody only has two thousand life points. And it seems like half the monsters being summoned have at least that many attack. And so that was different. Like Alex, how quickly did that change?
2: Oh yes. Um well It actually doesn't the new anime they they consistently use four thousand life points throughout the entire every show does that okay
1: so they like double it to four at some point because it's two and i the first episode
2: what yeah was that? for I like the first that. few
1: seasons they just go up to two and and like some of the attacks I think are Duelist oh, they, ben, they go up to four
2: it's a format Oh. In the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, there's this unspoken format that they're playing under, which <laughs> okay. changes for Duelist gotcha. Kingdom, and then changes once they're out gotcha. of Duelist Kingdom. Okay. So it's retconned essentially. Gotcha. gotcha. Essentially, it's retconned. They just move on. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: And and so um. They are they're hanging out reading, or they're, they're hanging out playing. Intaya, who is the girl? That's her character that description. Who, She's that, the girl. Yeah, that's because <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, they're is. part of a core group of friends. It's Yugi, who is the guy who's good at stuff, but is really small and nice. It's Tristan, the guy from uh, uh, somewhere who has no. Other traits. It, he really
0: shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah. I would have said he's kind of like God, Brock, except egg. Brock actually has like. An, a story and a family, and like is a Does gym Tristan leader.
1: Ever duel?
2: Um, yes, somewhat. Um, he duels with his friends against Bakura when he traps them during Duels of Ki- Duels Kingdom. Oh, but that's really about it. Oh. I don't think I remember Tristan doing much else. Tristan is the that. Yamcha of Yu Gi Oh! That's who Tristan yeah. is. Yes, but now we're insulting Yamcha. Ooh, are you a Yamcha <laughs> fan? Ooh, 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 I gotta know. <laughs> we'll go into it, we'll go into it.
1: No, go ahead, go ahead, go on your Yamcha thing, go ahead. What? You're a Yamcha fan? What?
2: <laughs> Somewhat. I like Yamcha, but we all know what Yamcha was in the end. He was that rival that Goku didn't need anymore.
0: Yeah. 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 Tristan
2: was never anyone's rival. You're Tristan is so
1: right. Like wow. Nothing. Yeah, that's that's really true. He's just a friend, which is nice because he's supportive. But like, I don't know. Maybe we have friends like that who are just like, yeah, they're nice. Do they have character traits? Maybe no. not. But they're here. Um, so. In there, as they're playing, Taya explains the rules of the game. Uh, Yugi mentions that, like, his grandfather owns a game shop where he gets all the good cards. Uh, So it's a real, like, my uncle works at Nintendo situation (laughs) where it's like, no, literally, no, my grandpa has, like, all the greatest cards. And um, Joey gets fired up. Yugi's talking about a super rare card his grandpa has. But a few tables across, Seto Kaiba is reading.
2: And the only person in the room. Yeah.
1: And the book that he's reading is Also Sprach Zere which uh, you might know as "Thus Spoke Z- Th- Zarathustra," which is like the seminal book by German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. <laughs> so, what? Which, it, which is the which is the book that introduces Nietzsche's philosophy of uh, the death of God, the prophecy of the Ubermensch. Oh
2: my God! What? Yeah. I didn't know it was so deep. Yeah.
1: So and so he's reading "Thus Spoke Zarathustra," but you quickly learned that Seto Kaiba, that cool guy who's just sitting in our high school. He is the fucking like head of what? I'm not even. Clear. He's just like so rich.
2: Kybercore, he's okay. called Hell, he's, he's the, the CEO. Kybercore? Is he not? Yeah, he runs a, a whole company as a high school student. And he's built
0: like a thirty year
1: old. So I don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know why he's in that school. I don't know why any of them. But are. he
1: does go to their
2: school. Yes, he was. Le- he was legitimately a high school student. And ha- except how old were they? They were roughly fifteen, yeah, sixteen course, years old. The fun, they were kids. They were. They didn't always look it, but sure. I mean,
1: they're built
0: like like bodybuilders, but you know, you know, like you, course, Yami Yugi could bend you over his back like a pretzel, but like you know, it's fine. He still, he yeah. still
2: has
1: to go to calculus.
2: Well, you know, you ever notice how they never went back to school? Oh, there's that.
1: You're totally there's right. That. You're totally right. It's like a mom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. Uh, I'm gonna become a streamer, so I need to drop out of high school type situation. Where mom, I'm gonna play Duel Monsters. Except, does Yugi
2: have parents? Are they alive? Okay, so Yugi does have a living mother. But she was cut out of the American dubs. They just removed her. Oh, poor
1: mom. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. I guess it's to make some space because this first episode flies. It flies. So immediately after they're having their high school thing, Seto Kaiba is reaching the Spoke Zarathustra. Um, they go into the cart shop. And Yugi's grandpa is holding up the blue eyes white dragon card, saying it's so rare and so powerful that it literally never leaves my hands, which I have no idea how that would work if he's just constantly one hand in his pocket, just rubbing his blue eyes there. And the kids are so impressed, except except Tristan, who grabs the card from Yugi's grandpa, being like, I don't see anything special about this. He grabs it back and clarifies, there's four of these cards in the world. That's why they're so powerful. And so... It says a lot about, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! situation, that it's, like, uh, uh, something where, in terms of it being, like, a functional game, that, like, the strongest game pieces would be determined strictly through, like, capital and expenditure of, like, money and rarity, um... Which is, especially back then, it was not a given that that wasn't going to be the case. You know, like, we even have Magic the Gathering cards, like, these days that are worth, like, $60,000 that are, like, essential parts of some formats, which are, like, insane. Like, the the, the is yeah, like the Black Lotus. Because um, there were things where Yu-Gi-Oh reprints in-demand cards, not all the time, but, like, yearly they'll reprint it and the value will go to, like, dust, right?
2: Yes, that's true. Yeah,
1: because um, Magic has something called the Reserve List, where because it was like the, the first game and there were some collectors who were like getting uh, a lot of money for their cards, it became pretty quickly clear that they were would be pissed if their collections lost value. And so they made an agreement to never reprint certain cards, including the original, what are called the Power Nine, which is very much, I think, the inspiration for cards like the Blue Eyes, where it's like there's only so many of them. They're the strongest thing ever, and nothing is as strong as ever going to be reprinted. But that quickly changes. So Very neat. They're in the shop, and we're introduced to our, like, main villain. So, gang, give me the breakdown of, like, what happens with Kaiba's introduction, because it's pretty
2: brilliant. Well, Kaiba walks in, sees the blue eyes, pulls out a briefcase. Well, I guess let's back up for a second. First of all, he starts grilling Yugi's grandpa for the card. He wants that card. He needs that card from this old man he obviously does not respect. And Yugi's grandpa's like, no, this card means more to me than money. He's like, okay, old man, check this out. Pulls out his briefcase, opens it up. It's full of all these rare, awesome, powerful cards. Like Yugi's grandpa would have to be a fool to not take that deal. But of course, like any good anime grandfather, he sucked at his guns. He said, no, this is the most precious card I own. You can't have it. And Kaiba just kind of pitches a fit.
1: Yeah, because he also says, like, I'll pay you any sum of money in the fucking world. And he goes out and it's really it's really unclear and like weird. What what is this guy going to do? What's going to happen? How how does Kaiba like abduct his grandpa? Like he just invites him Ah, somewhere? Like, what's the deal here?
2: It's a day or so later where Yugi just comes home. I guess he he calls up the shop, but the the phone calls ominous. You never see what happens. And Yugi arrives back home one day and his grandpa's not there, but the phone rings and Kaiba, who's looks like he's gone through some kind of evil transformation, is like, oh, come pick up your grandpa, Yugi. I'm not sure you can move right now, or something like that. Oh, it's
1: so ominous, too. Like, I in my, my head canon is that, like, when he called, he's like, listen, motherfucker, if you don't come here right now, I'm sending your grandson to Epstein's Island. Come get here now. Right, like, like
0: well, I think what happened was, like, to get the grandfather, he, so I, I just watched, like, the first episode a few days ago. He, like, calls up his goons, and he's like, I need you to go to the card shop and pick something up for yes, me. Can you yes. do that? And then the goons are like, got it. And they wear their sunglasses, they put them on, and then, then they go inside. And Grandpa Solomon Muto is just like, can I help you? And they're like, yeah, get in the fucking van. And he's just like, I'd rather not. And they're like, we're not giving you a choice. And then they grab him and throw him in the van. <laughs> okay. And okay. then and then they duel.
2: To his respect, he thought he was going to go over to Kaiba's place and like just... Lay that smack on him real quick. Yeah, yeah. Teach him a lesson. Unfortunately, we know that's not how that goes.
1: Yeah, no, and it's clear. Pretty, it's pretty clear that. I mean, I was gonna say Kaiba cheats, but he can't cheat if there's no rules. He can't cheat <laughs> if there's no <laughs> rules. So, his grandpa gets whooped so bad that he gets like hospitalized. But like, he's alive. But it's, I guess, almost like he's devastated by losing. So he's in dire straits. I and- think he's
2: had a heart attack. I think that would make a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: that's kind of how it reads to me. Like he had a heart attack and then somewhat recovered.
2: Yeah. I love how Kaiba didn't care. Didn't give a shit. No. He left him on the floor writhing yep. in pain. And, and he does a
1: really cool thing. So Yugi comes over like with his whole crew to you know beat some fucking ass and something that does not carry into like any of the animation, but he gets together with all his friends and is like, hey, listen guys. I have this permanent marker, and we're going to draw a smiley face on all of our hands! Okay, let's go! And they have this huge cartoonish smiley thing that takes up, like, 90% of their hand space as they put it all together. And none of the animation of the hands that they have, like, shows this, unless it's, like, specifically, like, look at the the permanent tattoo of friendship that I have. Um, But Yugi begins his duel with Kaiba, and Kaiba introduces the whole thing, which is is a very brilliant kind of... um, modality of the series, which is like the holographic duelist uh, stands, which is that like to add the action, the cards are like literally coming to life in these like super big cool holograms that are doing a ton of damage to each other, and uh, it would later be adapted to the dual disc, which is something that just like fits on your hand and summons the same hologram, so the show is like visually pleasing. But so, um, Mm -hmm. right at the start, before they start dueling, Kaiba takes the blue eyes white dragon that he dueled Yugi's grandpa for, and he rips it in half going I don't give a fuck about this, Yugi. I just didn't want it used against me. And now no one can. And as he drops it and like. Yugi flies into a shit fit and he screams yugi And it light explodes from his chest and his hair flies and his eyes roll into the back of his head It's just fucking a spectacle of fireworks and pyrotechnics come! As he just immediately flies back down into himself and his hair is a little different and he stands up straight and has a whole new personality and the audience has no idea what the fuck is happening other than he goes, all right, Kaiba, it's time to duel, and nothing's really, like, n- there's no explanation here. It's well, just, like, well, I
0: think like, that's, that's the one moment where someone's, like,
1: ugh, <laughs> like, Seido Kaiba's, like, what? Ugh. Yeah, no follow-up questions, but, like, uh, 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 okay. So, so let's break down, let's break down this duel, because this duel is the most fascinating, I think, way to start the series and that it does right after they explain the rules really clearly the rules become very unclear (laughs) so um Mm -hmm. what what are our standout memories from this battle like starting out
2: well i think one of the biggest things was that there was no limit to how many monsters apparently you could summon in one turn
1: yeah and there was no tribute summoning either and so like just like how joey could play his like 15 attack like crumbo the crumbly Kaiba could summon not one but two blue eyes white dragons on the same turn without sacrificing anything just flinging them down. Yugi however is like flipping through his cards and there's a flashback to the fact that like his grandpa told him like all right Yugi in all of history there's only one unbeatable monster but nobody has ever summoned it ever 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 which is incomprehensible because it's like It's like the same thing as like getting a a royal flush in poker. It's just drawing five cards into your hand. But he's like, no one has ever, ever done this. It it seems to be like a very cool thing. But all you see is like disembodied like legs and arms in his hand that have like 200 attack. Seems like very weird, like some real Hannibal style deck building here. (laughs) But so the, the the battle goes back and forth where Yu Gi Oh's winning a little bit, he's losing a little bit, and his grandfather just as he's like on the heels of defeat appears to him as a spirit, but he's not dead. He just appears to him like a ghost would, like it's Hamlet, as he goes like, Yugi, you just need to trust in the cards, and um... He does. Okay, I can't even. Uh, Hal, take over. What's what so, the fuck happens here? So
0: the whole point, the whole like conceit of like Yugi's character and and the fact that he is so sincere and so honest is he believes in the heart of the cards. And mm-hmm. and basically what that means is just like he believes in the spirit of victory and entrusting the the integrity and, and of his cards and the fact that they will come through for him if he believes in them. And
2: oh. I thought that was just him believing in dumb yeah,
0: luck. No, I think I think it was very much like a, like like in Pokemon where like oh Pikachu God, I gets need, whacked by Onix like. Na- I,
1: I need nihilist Yugi to just believe in dumb luck to just be like the universe need- is empty, Kaiba. You know, all of us meet oblivion the moment we die. If I draw it, who? Can- oh, blind luck again. God is dead. Like <laughs> I am the spirit of Zarathustra. Like coming out. Oh. Oh my god
0: yeah so 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 essentially like he believes in the heart of the cards he draws this card and and, like whenever he feels doubt he has to say to himself i have to believe in the heart of the cards just like my grandfather taught me and then he draws exodia he draws like the fifth piece of exodia while kaiba has three three blue eyes white dragon out on the field at once and kaiba's just like haha you've delayed me by like three turns yugi but like what are you going to do now? I'm going to kick your ass. And Yugi's just like, not yet, Kaiba, for I have summoned the invincible Exodia. And Kaiba's just like, what? what's impossible <laughs> oh. Exodia's
1: never been no summoned, never summoned him. And, and, and so never yeah. him and immediately it looks like Kaiba has leukemia immediately it looks like he lost 40 pounds his eyes sink into his skull and he's like no one's yes. ever done that before oh. and, and he like, summons
0: Exodia and it comes out and obliterates the dragons and in this amazing explosion of light and energy and, and it's the first moment of being like like it's you've probably seen this meme on the internet of Kaiba being sh- blasted by this light. As his holograms are completely <laughs> blown pieces. Call the Minecraft. Yeah, where he's like, ah! and then he's done. He's defeated. Like there's a physical effect on your opponent when these holograms are destroyed, and that is the first case of that.
1: Yeah, and then further with the mind crushing thing that Alex is talking about, he doesn't just lose, but like Yugi, possessed by this, this otherworldly spirit that again, you don't know what the fuck is happening, you don't know why his necklace has started shining, you don't know why he's speaking different, he just looks at Kaiba and he goes like, all right, Kaiba, you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> and he does the, when he does the mind crush thing, oh, he yeah. just like waves his hands and Kaiba cross-eyed, like the entire screen shatters into like this panoramic thing as it looks like he's just like exploded his brain. But what is that, <laughs> Alex? What's he doing?
2: He's, you. well, it, there's not a great explanation for that, except he's forcefully opening Kaiba's mind to new possibilities. Kaiba was a kid, but he thought of himself as a fully mature adult and never really loses that idea of himself. Mm. But what Yugi does in that scene is he gives Kaiba the ability to relearn how to interact with people, how to be a decent person. Cause obviously Kaiba was a piece of shit in that whole episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And while Kaiba's- I was gonna say, isn't he still just series. a dick throughout
0: the entire show? Isn't he just
2: awful? But he comes out somewhat changed as his exposition character Mokuba right. will tell you.
1: Oh my God. Right. Okay, but like, let's really quick run through some other things that like Kaiba does. Cause at one point he fights Yugi again and The way that he wins is by he stands on like the edge of a fucking cliff. And he goes like, okay, Yugi, if you win this duel, I'm going to fucking kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like an abusive partner where he's just like, all right, Yugi. There's no way I'm going to win this, so you need to concede or I'm going to fucking kill myself and it'll be all your
2: fault. <laughs> I, I didn't know, that, I didn't know it was like that. Kai. What? What? When did I that happen? This, oh, this, is,
1: uh, this is on you. You're a bad person. You gaslight people. You're a piece of shit, Yugi. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So, so uh, he won that one. <laughs> but, through that... but, you know, in Kaba's defense, the stakes were very was it,
0: a, was it like a shadow game was it a game where like no
2: it was not it was just a game of dual nothing monsters. is a game it only matters if you but win they both were racing the pegasus to try to save their loved ones who pegasus kidnapped and i have a lot of issues with pegasus kidnapping a minor and throwing him in a dungeon but we're not talking about that but kaiba had a little brother he needed to save right he wasn't gonna take no front answer right yeah oh, uh boy.
1: And, oh god because uh okay so let's let, let's let's broaden out a little bit now that we've finished this beautiful first episode because the kind of through arc of the first season is next episode uh yugi got yugi's grandpa get or he gets a tape from maximilian pegasus who's the founder and creator of dual monsters who is like very gay coded which makes him more troubling that Extremely he like threw a minor in a dungeon and, like, but then it winds up that he's like because yeah. i think he's only doing it so he can like save his wife's soul? See, something? I thought he just wanted yeah, all the pieces of the artifact. The I think he just
0: wanted the puzzle, did he not?
1: Yeah.
2: It was about his wife, but you would never guess that from what they give you in right. the He's just like, right.
0: oh, Yugi boy, I'm going to defeat you and I'm going to steal your grandfather's soul because I'm a dick and that's it.
2: I kidnap old men and children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and as he does this
1: kind of duel with Yugi, again, he wins by... It's again what is there such a thing as cheating if there's no rules? Can you cheat if there aren't rules to break? Because there he sets like a time limit as he traps Yugi's grandpa and he's like "Yugi boy, you have you have 25 <laughs> minutes to beat me and if you don't win in that time, your grandfather's soul is mine." And he and just as he's about to win, the soul comes out and he's like "Oop, ding ding ding, time limit by." <laughs> um, and <laughs> He kidnaps a minor and Yugi come to my island and fight in the game of games at Duelist Kingdom and like uh, (laughs) and he he he's meant to be like the CEO of the game and he wants Yugi's puzzle box because he has a Millennium Eye and his whole thing is he's like I can see whatever the fuck you draw, Yugi. I can see your hand. I can read your mind. Um, which, again, like I can't ever. I don't ever feel like these villains are cheating because it isn't as bad as what Yugi does, which is cheating on a level of just drawing whatever he needs whenever he needs it like instant tutoring like it doesn't happen to everybody but Yugi <laughs> just I mean it's not clear that that's his ability but it must be right like just
0: well the thing is is like so so the way that it's established so I, I used to be uh Alex did you ever play the game dual links uh, like the mobile game
2: yes I did play a bit of dual links
0: I was really, really into it when it first came out. I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. I can like collect all the cards I want. It's a free game. Like I can duel anyone across the world. And one thing that's never established in the first season is like a strict set of rules. And one of the things that they establish is like, landmass dictates your attack power. Like The kind of field that you're on gives you a field yeah, bonus. And I'm like, what the, the hell bonus. is that? And, and it's just like, it tries to incorporate this thing where you get to this, like this monster attacks with lightning but you're on a field of water and so like the lightning attack does double damage when you're fighting with this monster but oh no he destroyed the moon so the tide goes out and so like there's no more water and like and it's that kind of thing where you're like are are these monsters Real? Because like how could you possibly have such an enormous range of rules in a game that is just between two people and
1: just like I, I don't know it just blows my mind. Okay. I can't. On that topic, this is the perfect segue to what Alex and I have prepared for you. So everybody, we're now introducing okay. Is this a real or fake thing that happened in the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime? <laughs> okay. So, uh, Hal, we're just gonna run by some situations with you, okay. and uh, I, I feel like you already know a couple of these, okay. but let us yeah, know if this I is real or right. fake. Okay. And if you, if you get them all right, then, then when I see you in 2021, I'll buy you sushi, okay? Do I have to do it within a time limit? What? Yes, you- <laughs> You have 20 you have, seconds. You have 20 <laughs> seconds to answer these all. <laughs> so you'll have to guess. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh Alex lead us off with the first situation. Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> so is this real that in Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Monsters against Meiko Tsunami, Yugi once used his giant soldier of stone to destroy his own full moon card to beach Mako's water monsters that were hidden underwater.
0: Boom, that's real, baby.
1: Yeah, I know, you knew that. (laughs) You got it, that's real. All right, next up. Is this real or fake? Yugi uses a monster called Catapult Turtle to launch a fusion monster. Gaia, the dragon champion, it's another monster. The player killer's castle of dark illusions. He then destroys the dragon champion on impact, causing Yugi to lose most of his life points, going from 1606 to 300 for no apparent reason, causing the castle's flotation ring to fall off, not destroying the castle, until he mentions that the castle's now being held up by his swords of revealing light which were like keeping the castle up then he t- turns them away the castle falls and it destroys all of the player killers monsters and c- c- because they couldn't get out of the way in time i'm kind of tripping up here because this is such an outlandish situation <laughs> it Did was, this happen? it was real it was real. yes oh my god like it the was real. okay really the real. notorious <laughs> the notorious catapult turtle situation is something where it is like the go-to What is happening type thing and this is gonna get a little harder because we're gonna venture out of the first season here uh, In which constantly we'd be dealing with like so we're doing these card things that because there are no rules on the cards When you see them in the anime, they're just like pictures with a little symbol underneath Mm. They just kind of would kind of feel it out. They
2: do things. Yeah,
1: where they'd be like, oh Well, look at how they're positioned on the field something that again would never ever be something where like if they weren't playing with Holograms would even be relevant, Right. but like because the holograms are conjuring all these like physical items they'd be like oh well this is warfare now so because they're like in a pincer formation between where your magic cards are on the field they're getting like bone now okay so alex alex helped me out with some of these other um franchises so alex what's our next situation
2: these aren't gonna be nearly as easy <sighs> okay either. okay okay all right so real or false in Yu-Gi-Oh! zexal one of the later yugioh oh, animes the main character, Yuma, defeats Seto Kaiba in a duel by offering him a handshake and attacking him directly with his number 39 utopia while he was distracted. I, I, I'm gonna say it's real. Sorry, that one's fake. False. Oh, damn Owned.
1: Owned by Facts and Logic. Next one. All right. In the Yu-Gi-Oh arc V, yuya defeated the Sledgehammer by transforming his Stargazer Magician, Time Gazer Magician, and Odd-Eyes Dragon into Pendulum Monsters mid-duel, and then fucked him up. That's fake. That's
0: fake? <laughs> Real, wrong, oh, boom! Fucker. Yep,
2: that was a whole oh, thing. Oh, goddammit. All right, Alex, we're on a roll. Oh, man, I'm
0: 50-50 right uh, now, guys. I don't... All
2: but, but now we're taking it back Okay, okay, okay. Back in Yu-Gi-Oh. What I understand. This? Let's go. Kaiba, Kaiba once used brain control to take control of Yugi's Karibo, but it resisted the mind control and self-destructed instead. It was kind of heart-wrenching.
0: That sounds so anime. I'm going to say it's
1: real. God, motherfucking right, Owned. All right. <laughs> oh, last boy. one.
0: Oh, man, the last one?
1: I know. Oh, man, so, I'm only going oh. to get a 50 out of this at best so in Yu-Gi-Oh! x lax protagonist yumi used her bob the hacker card from outside the game she was not participating in the duel from outside the game to short circuit a duel that she was not taking part in short circuiting the the things they were fighting on resulting in a massive explosion of the fighting grounds just as her friend was about to lose forcing the villain to run away using her bob the hacker card to short circuit the dueling i've area literally itself.
0: never heard of Yu-Gi-Oh! x lax I know that that is a laxative. I'm gonna say it's fake. Fuck!
1: Oh, damn it! Damn it! Oh shit! Uh, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, damn! I thought you could slip that in. I thought I could slip that in. Good job, Hal. You hit the 50/50 oh, on this. Oh god. And it was good that Bob the hacker wasn't. A dead yeah, I was either. like, I,
2: oh. Honestly, but the way the Konami names cards these days, right. it's possible.
1: Oh, man. oh god. Okay, so let's let's pop back into Yu Gi Oh more broadly. Congratulations, Hal! You have uh, congratulations.
0: You you wouldn't you get a passing grade,
1: Hal. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about like the the whole um, series going out. Like, what are some of our most iconic Yu Gi Oh fights? The things that like really hold up in the show that are really fun to watch.
2: Ooh. Hmm. Okay, so my top fight is during the Battle City tournament. Probably near the end of Yu Gi Oh! Yugi has to duel Joey, and Joey has been mind controlled by the big bad of that season, Merrick, into turning against him. Mm. And it was in this duel that Joey actually ends up losing his red eyes, black dragon, to Yugi permanently semi permanently, I guess.
1: Wait, he just takes it?
2: Uh, for some reason.
1: Hell yeah. Hell that yeah. was the
2: rules in Battle City, though. Whenever you lost, you gave the winner right. your rarest
1: card. Right, yeah. And it's essentially
0: hamstringing your opponent so that they can't win duels in the future.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, Yugi gave up his Millennium Puzzle at one point in the duel and put it around Joey's neck, which was what <laughs> the bad guy was trying to take from him the whole time. Oh, God. So he took a really big chance on Friendship. I would never
1: do that. So I want to shoot on one of my favorites here. I loved Joey versus Mai. Yeah, that was my favorite. Oh, yes. Yeah, because her for- version of cheating is just she put different smelling perfumes on her entire deck. Like she's she's just like, ah oh, yes, I found the, scr- the scratch and sniff Yu-Gi-Oh cards they sell in Jersey. And like, <laughs> and uh, just sniffs them to determine like what to top deck and what not to top deck. And um, Joey has a card called Time Wizard, which is my favorite card because it's the most like, the card that feels like fuck you it's cheating because time wizard works where you do it's you go 50 50 and so either time wizard destroys everything or ages everything how how does this work
2: so you flip a coin and heads or tails if you call it right you destroy all of your opponent's cards Call it wrong, and I believe you destroy all of your own cards.
1: Yes. And so I think how this manifests in the anime is instead of being a coin flip, it's like he summons it, and there's like a little roulette wheel it's on the roulette time wizard wheel. staff. Yeah. And whenever he uses it, he. It always works when he needs it to and it won't like get someone killed if if he, he doesn't but it destroys monsters by like aging them into oblivion And so like when he's versing Mai, it's like, hey, I use time wizard, And hey, all your harpies are ugly now and so they're so insecure that I'm just gonna fucking fly over them because they're too busy crying or just but like when he goes against <laughs> Fucking Yugi with this card. Yugi, who gave him the Time Wizard, totally dicks him because I guess there's this unknown interaction where, like, Joey, who has no reason to think that it won't destroy every card because that's what it does with every other card, he plays Time Wizard and he's like, hey, okay, Yugi, now your dog magician's like a thousand years old. Hey, bada bing. And Yugi's like, actually, because he's a scholar, he gets only wiser with time. And so he now has twice the attack. Fuck you, Joey, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Hal, any other standout fights we got to toss out there as recommendations? Oh, man.
0: You know, I that one was the one between my and Joey was Mm -hmm. my favorite because Joey's my favorite character. I love Joey Wheeler Um, just because he's he he means so well. He means so Mm -hmm. well and he tries so hard. He's a good guy. He's a great guy, and he's got a—he's got probably the most developed backstory, at least in season one. Agreed, oh, yeah!
1: Y- give us his backstory. So,
0: so Joey Wheeler, uh, his parents were divorced, and um, he has a younger sister named Serenity. And his little sister uh, went with his mother, and he lived with his father. And so, like, they grew up apart and, and his sister has, like, a degenerative disease in her eyes, which is slowly rendering her blind. And so, like, the whole reason that Joey is, like, a bully at first and, and, and has, like, all of these social issues is because he, he is troubled. He is a troubled child and he joins the uh, Duas kingdom um, to try and win $3 million to pay for his sister's surgery. And so, like, you have this guy who you're just like, there is no reason that you should win. You're an idiot. No, you mean well, but you're dumb. But, like, he has a really good reason to do what he's doing, and
2: he always tries his best. Ever notice how he was the only one with a real reason to fight?
0: I mean, like, yeah, pretty much. Yugi really didn't until uh, his grandfather's soul got taken. But, like, even so, I mean,
1: that, that was, like, so fast. It just happened so fast that Yugi's just like, well, I gotta go get my grandpa. My headcanon is that Yugi was only fighting to get leg extension surgery because when he's standing next to his other friends, Yugi Moto looks two and a half feet tall maximum. Straight he up. is so small, like <laughs> how they animate him. Straight up.
2: I love it every time in the manga they bring up Yugi's height and how they have officials in, in his world kept thinking it he was a child. <laughs> like he went on a date with Teya and oh, yeah. they went to the theme park and they didn't want to let him in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God, little Yugi! I forgot about that.
0: But to answer your question, my favorite fight besides the Mind Joey one are probably be between Yugi and Weevil. Ooh, mm-hmm. um, being that it's just so fucking convoluted. Like, like this is this is like the wackiest fight. Where Weevil's just like, ah, you've defeated all my cards, Yugi, but I lied. I actually still have one monster left, and it is the cocoon of evolution. And I'm going to put this monster in this monster, and you're not going to be able to beat it, and it's going to be unbeatable. And Yugi's just like, well, that sounds really inconvenient, and I'm going to break it. And then he's like, ah, you can't, Ha-ha, too bad. Now it's invincible. And, and it's just like <laughs> this this thing where like... Every time, like, Yugi does something that's like, this is definitely a good move, and this is strategically sound, and I don't see any reason why this wouldn't work. Weevil's like, oh, no, not quite, because I have this little rule in here, this little thing that, that, that my monster does, that, that, that's always going to beat your monster, and that's what it is. <laughs> and it's just horrible. Oh like that. God. It's like a two-episode fight. That's how it goes the entire time, just Weevil being a fucking liar.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, God.
0: It's like, oops, I tell you about Oh, artifacts. you can't beat my great killer moth because it can fly and, and it has advantage on your monsters that can only walk, so haha!
1: <laughs> in, in a sense, I think that this might be the most realistic show of like what it's actually like to play card games with like when you're really young yeah. and everyone's just making shit up. Because I saw Alex in like a team in, in a team APS video, yo, we're talking about like um kind of like playground Yu-Gi-Oh! and the rules there, and I remember when I was young and got some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, it would literally be like okay i i, I play mer, mermaid girl in attack mode because she's pretty you know like her so put her in my deck and the other person would be like i play i play the desert card and your mermaid definitely can't swim in the desert because this is a card that has a desert on it so i guess she's dead and i'm like that sounds right i'll just put her uh, in the graveyard yeah, but like, that's literally
0: how the show worked that was it
1: yeah it mm-hmm. totally trains you to just kind of like feel what the rules are yeah. instead of instead of to find out yeah
2: one of um, Joey's ace monsters, the um, Flame Swordsman, he just summoned it out whenever he wanted to. But in the real card game, that yeah, was it's a polymerization
0: with like the the general guy, the swordsman, and like the flame, the sorcerer or something manipulator, manipulator. Yes.
2: And when we got our Flame Swordsmans, because most people didn't know what in the world those other two cards were, we're like, okay, so I think I'm just gonna put him in this deck and. Play him, however, right? Mm. What's a polymerization? Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. And, and on that note, I think it did make Yu Gi Oh more confusing to play because original polymerization rules is written. You had to, like, have that and the two monsters you were fusing in your hand, right? All together at once? Yeah. And then. The, the show can always work around that because they could just draw whatever whenever they want for narrative reasons. But when you're actually playing it, it felt fucking terrible because you could never make it work because drawing like three. Oh, you sp- never
2: got your blue eyes ultimate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. It's. Oh, but I tried so often. OK, so brought me out here. Alex, are you familiar with like the the loose? um Themes of like each Yu Gi Oh! like anime series, like what they were because they yes, affect the name. Okay,
2: I know I'm pretty good at this.
1: All right, so Alex, uh, we have a challenge for you. I oh. would like to challenge you uh, in, in another little mini game here. I'm going to name the Yu Gi Oh! anime series, and you need to give us a super brief recap of as much as you can within, uh, let's say, Let's say 15 seconds, oh. trying to summarize everything you know about it.
2: Can I torture you like K-L, this? Try. You down? Yeah, let's give it a shot.
1: Okay, great. <laughs> let me let me uh, whip out a little a little t- a little timer here.
2: Oh, we're doing, we're being for real about this. <sighs>
1: oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does 15 sound does 15 sound good?
2: Yeah, sure. Why not?
1: All right. Let's go. Okay. So the original series, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. Go.
2: Young kid with big hair is best at games always wins never loses except to one guy ever but it doesn't really matter trying to save his grandpa has to fight um random people who are egyptian themed but only one of them actually was egyptian near the end and has a duel with the federal item for his soul by the end.
1: next yugioh gx generation next go um,
2: Random young guy who just likes to luck into the game. He draws whatever he needs at the time he needs it. He doesn't really know how to play the game all that well. He's not really that great, but he never loses. So you think he's a great duelist anyway. He lives in a crappy dorm. Everyone else lives in like oh. Manchester, to eat Nersk. Next
1: thing, okay. Uh, next up, can you do capsule
2: monsters? Are you familiar at all with that? Oh Lord, okay, I'll try it. Okay, capsule monsters, um, go of um, a spin-off of Yu-Gi-Oh where you play with capsules with monsters inside them instead of cards the capsules uh, can be opened and the monsters come out and fight things and kill things but the game is totally different from Yu-Gi-Oh and it takes some time to get used to Ooh, you, and you the- Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon, What do you want? <laughs> Alex is making shit up. <laughs> okay. oh, no! 50 seconds for Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> 5D's now. Uh 5D's it's dueling on motorcycles that's actually it.
1: That's it? No more Yu-Gi-Oh! Okay, that sounds Wait, <laughs> Boom. Next one. Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel. Go.
2: Um spin-off of Yu-Gi-Oh! We're basically retelling the story with a, with a kid who actually isn't good at car games with the spirit of a item that he has around his neck inside of it. It helps him duel better. He beats people, loses people, and fights aliens.
1: Sick. Okay. Right. Is
2: Zexel 2 different or is that the just
1: a continuation?
2: It's a continuation okay, yeah.
1: Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V.
2: Alright, so you got five. Um, dual entertainment. People run around. Um, stages while they duel and do flips and tricks and punch and kick and hurt people and stuff. Um, dimensions, dragons. Um, lookalikes. Okay, sick, nailed it. Cool. Okay, Yu-Gi-Oh v reigns Okay, um, Yu-Gi-Oh Online playing Yu-Gi-Oh. In VR, um, AI trying to rise up and kill all people. Turns out, all the main characters know each other from the past, the and past are actually good friends, but don't know it yet.
1: Okay, sick. Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens. Do you know? Do you know the upcoming Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens? Is this... Yes,
2: I actually watched a good few episodes of it already. Okay, let's That's go now.
1: Right.
2: Um, 12-year-old kid, youngest ever in Yu-Gi-Oh! history to play the game. He builds robots and other things that he calls roads that um, are his personal take on life and reality. D- designs his own card game, makes friends along the way who help to push his card game into the meta game, and now everyone plays it.
1: Boom! Oh my god, wow. Alex! Wow! Well done! That was, that was amazing. That was amazing. I feel you learned know, it now. Shit.
2: I think I got better over time. You you so it. You so, so it. Alex,
0: I'm 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 so sorry. I've never heard of capsule monsters. But and you described it so well, but like I couldn't help but actually it's very badly.
2: Uh, is I it? I've never really watched Oh, that okay, cuz
0: I was like that that has to be Pokemon. Like that has to be some sort of like relation to it. It's
2: actually not really? That's the weird part. It's board game based. Oh. So the capsules are small handheld capsules that are smaller than a pokeball would be okay and you place them board game board game style and just simply op- take the top off the capsule to reveal what monster it was because you're upset wait, that way your opponent never knows what they're about uh, to fight every time you get into a fight mm. and that's really the gist of it they had a really great ps2 that's game that's pretty reminiscent of
0: bakugan then
1: i guess
2: mm, you know not yeah. too much different. okay cool okay
1: Respect, and I think I think one of my favorite original um, episodes in the in the series too. Now that I'm thinking about it, is when they did deviations like that, like when Bakura made them play a role playing game.
2: Yes, I love that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: that was really cool. Um, and I really think it was awesome that they split off into Dungeon Dice Monsters. Which again, yes. maybe after Duel Masters came out, they're like, oh yeah, Dungeons Dice Monsters, like uh, <laughs> be, because uh, Wizards of the Coast also made Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and so I think maybe again, it actually could be yeah, a they thing. They come man. back with, oh yeah, Dual Masters. Well, how about we do Dungeon Dice. Mon- Monsters.
2: <laughs> <I> still <laughs> want to play that game on the channel. D and D or Dungeon Dice Monsters. Dungeon Dice Monsters, but maybe a D and D too.
1: We're big D and D fans, D&D, man. We love that stuff. Um, we we uh, I would love to play Dungeon Dice Monsters too because that was definitely them trying to branch off into like, okay, what if we did a different game now? Right. And the fans yeah. were like, okay, this is cool, but no, but no, <laughs> go back to
2: the cards because it was really yeah. cool. Um, People weren't weren't that hyped about it. And now it's almost impossible to find that stuff.
1: Yeah. What was the name of the guy who did it? It was like Damien Diced Dude.
2: Duke Devlin, the sexiest character in Yu-Gi-Oh! history. Yes,
1: he has a big hanging dice off his ear. Oh my God, he is really hot. Right? Damn. Okay, <laughs> Woo! so broadening out. Thank you so much for running through all of those um, series with us. And I guess, that said, let's kind of talk about, wrapping up here, the influence that Yu-Gi-Oh's had on like the anime and the card game space. So I guess, Alex, um, how do you kind of view the evolution of Yu-Gi-Oh, like the evolutions of the games? How does it change series to series? Do the rules change? Is it the cards that change? Do you see the old cards again? Oh, yes.
2: So, from series to series, Yu-Gi-Oh tends to put more emphasis on certain things. So. When it transferred to Yu-Gi-Oh! GX from the original, they put a very strong emphasis on the extra deck, which Mm. was still called the fusion deck back then. Fusion summoning was a big thing. Lots of decks that made fusion monsters and used polymerization came out around that time. But it was still pretty reminiscent of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! You didn't have to learn new rules or anything to play it. Right. Right. From the transition from Yu-Gi-Oh! GX to Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, things changed pretty dramatically, though.
1: Did people in real life play on motorcycles, or was that anime only?
2: Oh, no, that would have been dangerous, and people would have died. (laughs) All in the name
1: of the game. Although, to be fair, seeing, like, the the motorcycle, like, accident rates being, like, close to 100%, maybe playing a card game just wouldn't make it any more dangerous. It couldn't be any more dangerous to ride a motorcycle. (laughs) So go ahead and play Solitaire. All right, and so... Did the game's mechanics change there, too?
2: Yes, that was when Yu-Gi-Oh! introduced Synchro Monsters, a whole new type of card in the game. Mm. They were cards that went into your extra deck along with your fusion monsters, and people were just thrown off by that. (sighs) And they they need these new types of monsters called Tuner Monsters to make them. So instead of polymerization, you had to use a Tuner Monster with a collection of other monsters that... Um, If you added up the number of stars they had would equal the stars of the synchro monster you're trying to make. Mm. Then you can make that fusion monster right then and there. That was very interesting to people, but what made it practically game breaking was how powerful synchro monsters became. They were so much easier to make than any one fusion monster. You didn't have to get specific monsters, just maybe a specific tuner monster and some other ones that means you could easily get your synchro monster and it would change the face of that game. I mean, when when it came out, I was still playing my Yu-Gi-Oh GX deck type decks. Mm. I didn't really have any fusion cards. I couldn't really make them. But when people started showing up with fusion cards, they would they suddenly started saying words like negate and and destroy. I'm like, "Wait, negate things, destroy things. How are you doing that? I can't do any of that. I just attack."
1: Okay, so that's where some of the power creep comes in.
2: Oh, very strong power okay, creep.
1: Okay, so 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 give us, as a Yu-Gi-Oh! player, modern day, it's unusual in any card game to not rotate, which is to say, m- most other card games, whether you're talking digital or physical, every two years, they'll be like, we'll kick out the the oldest year worth of cards and add new ones so that the game can maintain balance, people can play new things, we make sure that the combos are not out of control, but it, Yu-Gi-Oh! has never had a rotation, is that right?
2: I don't think they thought that far ahead. Okay. So Honestly, I don't know why it never happened. It never came up to us. So,
1: what is it your perception of like how power levels have increased? Like, how do the cards keep getting sold if they need to make them stronger and stronger?
2: I don't really know how to keep doing it. For the most part by banning what was the strongest things for the last format of the game, you open up space for new decks to take up their roles in the metagame. And then, alongside that, you you just keep trying to create new novel ways of playing the game that can supersede what people were playing before. Right. I mean, first it was Synchro Monsters, then it was XYZ Monsters, then it was Pendulum Monsters, and then it was Link Monsters. They just keep making these new things that play better than what people had before, and maybe introduce a new rule set along with that you still have to play by at the same time that favors the new and kind of hurts you for playing the old.
1: Okay, gotcha. Okay, so that said, Yu-Gi-Oh is still pretty popular, right? What's what's the player base like these days?
2: The player base is actually still growing, and I was very surprised about that. When you, when you're just a kid in the playground playing Yu-Gi-Oh!, you may not notice that you have a whole community of people playing it as well around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm from the South um, United States. I am not used to actually having a huge group of people to play with, but they're actually around, and according to um, YouTube numbers, the ba- the base is growing. Mm. People are still picking up the game, and finding it fun and still having a good time playing it with their friends, their family and online.
1: That's awesome. So, let's say I am the Yu-Gi-Oh genie, all right? And I've come to you, you've gotten me out of my lamp, and I'm giving you three wishes for the three things you'd most like to see changed in the card game. Whether that's like Ooh. no more of this or more of this or change this. What what are the things that you think you'd change to to make the the game even more enjoyable?
2: I want there to be more storylines. Mm. I love I love looking at cards and deciphering the deeper meaning behind them. What are you trying to tell me when you draw a card with two people in an argument? Oh, but that's the same guy from this card over here who was in that card over there doing that thing, which means there's something here. There's a story going on here. I want to see more stories told throughout mm. the cards. I love that kind of thing. That will be my first wish. Second wish. I would really like for the Yu-Gi-Oh card game to stop creating new summoning mechanics and changing the way the game is played. <laughs> it's a little tiring. Right, yeah. Because as much as it's nice, flashy, and new, it does force a reset in the way people play the game, but it, it makes a lot of people mad. The Yu-Gi-Oh community gets mad a lot, to be honest. Right, yeah. But rightfully so, we like a little bit more consistency in our game. And I feel like as a Magic player, you probably don't have to deal with so many game-breaking changes that often.
1: I guess I'm more like a Magic fan. I have a hard time finding people to play with these days, but oh, you know, man. who knows when? Pax, I'll releases play with and... you. I've
0: never played, but I'll play. I, I promise, I'll learn.
1: Oh my God, yeah. we're gonna have so That'd much fun when we can see each other again in you know a few decades. It'll be so sweet. It'll <laughs> be I'm like so um great. like that Simon and Garfunkel friend like uh or song old old men mm-hmm. like, old men sitting on uh, the park bench like bookends like. Just playing Yu-Gi-Oh, magic, flipping our shit. Um, what's the last one, Alex? What do you think?
2: My last wish would be to make dual runners the real. Those are the motorcycles from <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds.
1: Yes.
2: I want to see it happen.
1: Okay. I need that. Hell yeah. That would be sick. That would be sick. Oh, man. And that's a good use of a genie wish. So that said, uh, since you're so big on the story, um, can you kind of explain, like, the the evolution of the series in terms of the, the lore that we saw like in the show, because it seemed like at a certain point, the whole like world economy began running on dual monsters. Like what, what, what,
2: what happens? Oh, it got crazy. I don't know what that's all about, but so in the very beginning, the characters were living in a city in either America or Japan, depending on which localization you're listening to <laughs> called Domino city. Uh-huh. And it was a normal place where some people played a children's car game. Hell yeah. Then by the end of the show, Seto Kaiba bought out most of the city <laughs> so that ch- kids could play their children's car game in the middle of the city during working hours. <laughs> they just stopped all traffic, let the kids run around playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with their dual disc wherever they happened to be. I guess they also got off from school that way too. So it, it was at this point that everything Hell
1: changed. Oh yeah. Michael Bloomberg, you don't want to be hated anymore. Buy out New York City, change it into Dual City. <laughs> That's you the Wouldn't
0: Sato Kaiba still fight these like kid duelists? Like he bought out the city, he made it law, and then he would be like, you're a third rate dueler with a fourth rate deck. And it's like, like a
2: <laughs> 10 year old. <laughs> like wouldn't he still do that? Yeah, but you know, for him, it was never about every. It wasn't about the community. It was about Yugi. Ah, uh, he only cared about getting Yugi to duel him, so he went to any lengths to do that. It's kind of messed up. That's
0: goals. I will hurt as many people as I have to, as long as you are one of them, Yugi. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that—that's what he was about.
2: Yeah, he was obsessed. Right. He only wanted to duel Yugi and gave Yugi reasons to duel him. That's fair. That's all Battle City was. Wow. Except that then, it's th- then Marek showed up and made it about him, which I'm sure Kaiba did not care Ooh, for. At all. He got caught. You know, Kaiba lost to Yugi in duel in Battle City, and one of his last words in that duel was, "I will not be defeated at my own tournament, Yugi." Mm. Like th- his his head was only in one place that whole time. He wants to make his tournament, win his tournament, and simultaneously be better than Yugi. Which... Two of those things happened. Yeah, he came very close to doing it. He like Yugi beat him though, and that's he did.
0: Because Yugi doesn't have to follow the rules because there aren't any rules.
2: Well, you know, Kaiba broke his broke some rules too. His main power in the show was his wallet. Mm. He just showed up with the most broken things very often. I fi- I have this trap card that destroys all the monsters in your <laughs>
0: I have a spell that immediately yeah, sets fire to the cardboard in your deck. You lose, yeah. Pharaoh. <laughs> but, but that's not a spell. You just brought <laughs> out a can of gasoline.
1: Look to the, the front. There's like, look, there's clearly a card taped to the front of the bottle of gasoline.
2: <laughs> you can't do that.
1: It's okay. My uncle works at Industrial Illusions. He said
2: it's fine. I play the Glock card. <laughs> 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 oh god! Oh shit! But yeah, Kaiba's mania I think is what causes the card game to take over their world, and it stays that way for every single iteration of Yu-Gi-Oh since then. And they've and also... do they all
1: take place in the same world, or are these like different universes? I was actually
2: about this. Just mentioned that you you're right. All of Yu-Gi-Oh, maybe up until Yu-Gi-Oh. Zexel, because I can't prove anything there. Up until that point, all of those shows take place in the same world on a very elongated timeline.
1: That's deranged. Oh my
0: god. Are any of them like directly related to Yugi in any way?
2: Mm. Okay, so the closest we have is that in the second series, Yu Gi Oh! GX, Jaden meets
0: Yugi. Right, in like some clashing of two worlds type deal, right?
2: Yeah, I think he he meets Yugi in the very first episode and he even gets a chance to I think play against Yugi's god cards in that same series. But really, never right? Because again. like,
0: if you were to fight Yugi at that time, it was it was like basically climbing up Mount Silver to fight Red, the Pokemon trainer.
1: I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that that was exactly yeah. what was in my head. Yes, you're yes. Like,
0: you're like, all right, there's got to be a legendary Pokemon at the top of this mountain, and then you get up there, and it's Red, and he's like, "I'm gonna beat your ass without saying a word." That was
2: so. Like, that was the whoa. best. <laughs> I wanted. Red oh to my, get my god! Ass.
1: Me too. That's where I got all my kinks. <laughs> it
2: was from Pokemon Red and Blue. <laughs>
1: god, <laughs> if only I could find my Gary. <laughs> all right. So, I guess um, wrapping up here in terms of like loose ends, would we still recommend Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Mo- Monsters as a show now? I guess on two levels. One, if you've seen it before, is it worth revisiting? But two, if you've never seen Yu-Gi-Oh! before, if you have not played the game, is it worth checking the show out?
2: Hmm. I think the answer is undoubtedly yes. If you're an anime connoisseur and you've liked your anime, then you should do yourself the service of checking out what was one of the biggest anime of a generation. Right. Mm. Yu-Gi-Oh! changed the game, and lots of other um, card game-based animes copy what Yu-Gi-Oh! started. Mm-hmm. Now, for quality storytelling and writing, maybe look somewhere else, but you'll get some of that from Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. I think it's worth giving, a, giving it a try if you haven't seen it before. It's definitely worth re- revisiting as a returning player. Absolutely. Like, if you know it already, then you, you, you just want to see this to remind yourself how crazy things got. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I think the storylines actually hold up compared to a lot of animes these days. I mean, like, Hal, I love that you mentioned, um, like, Joey's sister because this was before uh, if your sibling appeared in anime, you had to be trying to have sex with them. Or, so like, saving right? them like, from, like, the heartless. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: like, just, yeah. Well, we should keep in mind that um, a certain Tristan did have the hots for Joey's younger <gasps> sister.
0: Oh, my uh, God, you're right. Yeah, but oh. but so did Harry and, and, and Ginny. Like, that's pretty common, which not a... Oh. Not
2: sure what that's all about. Uh, kind of a jerk move.
0: Yeah, not very considerate. But he's the chosen one, so it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Literally throw Tristan a bone. Like Tristan, go ahead. Nothing. He gets nothing. He can get he, he 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 can get his honey. He can get whatever he needs there. I just I don't know if Tristan should exist, <laughs> but he does, and we got to accept yeah. that. So, um, Hal, Hal, what do you think? You you revisited a lot of this recently. So, like, what do, what are your takeaways?
0: I, I would agree with Alex. I, I think like as someone who like a lot of my childhood was spent collecting the cards because when I played them I I didn't really know how to play it because nobody knew how to play it mm-hmm. exactly and and I just really liked looking at the art just I just think they're neat I just like looking at them and like reading them and and I think like revisiting the show for me was such a such a trip. Because I was like I don't remember anything about this show and I was expecting like the same format as the way I played it on the Duel Links game and then I was like, None of that is none of that is here. Not a piece of it. <laughs> and and for me it was like this fun it's just fun. It's just a good way to spend like like half an hour of your time to watch like two episodes and just i don't know it's zany it's very very zany it is yeah
2: you can talk about Yu-Gi-Oh with people
0: right it, but yeah. like if you aren't if you have any sort of hesitation about watching anime if you have any if you want like real quality stuff i wouldn't look for Yu-Gi-Oh. that's not what i would recommend starting someone out on
1: personally at the same time, this is one of like few animes that I can't be like, do I need to give a content warning for like sexual assault? Yeah, no, it's or, very like, innocent. Wild things in it.
2: Yeah. Very innocent. It's super cool. I mean, like there's some, I mean, the characters are basically selling Yeah, it. There, there yeah. is yes, no, exactly. there's
0: no sense of that in, in any, even in the, I mean, like my is yeah. implied at best. Yeah. Like, like I was like, wow, she's wearing a corset <laughs> all the time, <laughs> but okay.
1: And it's hard because I mean, with super sexy cards like Dark Magician Girl and Karibo. How do you oh,
2: Caribo. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, don't don't get in the way of a Yu-Gi-Oh player and his Dark Magician Girl.
1: Uh, okay, explain why is that like a big thing in the community? Like protect Dark Magician no, Girl. He's
0: not, I, is, is Dark Magician Girl like the waifu? I think,
2: I think she's I think she's a cartoon girl. I don't know what the love for her is, but. Don't ever she's tell that. She's, she's, she's a waifu. She's a waifu. Yes. Yeah. She's a, a waifu. Oh, yeah. waifu. sorry. My bad. Hell, wh- <laughs> get the hell out so, of here. guys.
1: So, um, back on. we're
0: actually going to have to uh, eliminate one of the co hosts of Brotaku's anime club as uh, Hal's been shot in the chest. So, we need to. Uh,
1: we're <laughs> we're going to have a few toughies <laughs> Alex, play, Alex played Glock in attack mode. So we gotta... <laughs> oh, man. And, and, and that said, We touched on children's card game earlier. The last thing I want to say is. Another great reason to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! is so that you can then watch Yu-Gi-Oh! the abridged series, which is I'm gonna start amazing. it. I haven't watched
2: it. Oh, you're gonna love it. Oh boy, it's so. Funny. This sounds a
1: big like Dragon Ball abridged fan, but like the Yu-Gi-Oh! one is fantastic. Like Tristan is like a Barney the dinosaur essentially. Um, the the screw the rules. I have money is like a classic line. It's so so good. Oh. All right, that said, um, the, the the corpse formerly known as Hal.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me pick
1: myself up off the floor. <laughs> yeah, and, and Alex, before, before we do our sign-off, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so fun having you on.
2: I, I love being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. And when we do, when we do Yu-Gi-Oh! x Lacks, hopefully we can have you back on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
0: All right, everybody. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or review us on your favorite podcasting app. It really does make a difference, and every review counts. We'll make sure to give you a shout-out on the air to show our appreciation. All right. So I'm Hal. I'm Pax. And, and we're the Brotakus! <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time.